Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Making It Our Own podcast. Our podcast is dedicated to the celebration and discussion of Making It on NBC, the new craft competition that people seem to be so excited about. I know that I am. We have a couple of interviews out there already with contestant Jeff and contestant Gemma. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, check those out. But I'm here this evening with my co-host, Mimi. Say hey, Mimi. Hi there, everybody. So I'm so glad that we're here together to talk about the show because now that we have one episode that has aired, there's just so many great projects to talk about and really talented contestants and things that we learned and just just a lot to enjoy talking about. So I, why are we doing the podcast? Well, like I said, we want to talk about the show. And I kind of feel like with the show, they almost recommend that we go away from the show and do something, either make something or talk about the show or teach someone something, just sort of an extension of the show and the craft world and just engaging with one another, using our hands for things or talking about things. So that's exactly what we're going to do. And, you know, usually we like to do those things with our friends, with our families, those closest to us. Sometimes we end up making fabulous friends through a shared love of crafts. But my co-host, Mimi, I already love a whole, whole lot because she is my mom. And she is the one that first introduced me to crafting, and we have shared projects over the years and ideas. And she gets excited when I tell her about things I've done, and I get excited when she tells me about things she's done. So we just are really bonded over crafting among among other things, being mother and daughter. So this is your mother-daughter podcast celebrating making it. So a couple of details and logistics about where you can find us before we get into our Q&A and really breaking down the show. Um, we are part of the So Many Shows podcast, and just like the name suggests, we cover a lot of different shows. So this podcast with Mimi and, and me, we talk about um, making it. I do another podcast with a friend that's all about Bosch on Amazon Prime. Um, we have um, The Dailies who talk about The Handmaid's Tale and a lot of different shows, thus the name, So Many Shows. So if you go to iTunes or Google Play and search for So Many Shows, you'll find all the different podcasts in the feed. So pick the ones that interest you the most. And, um, of course, the website is so somanyshows.com. And if you want to find us directly in regard to making it, there are a couple of places as well. You can find us on Twitter at Making It Our Own. And also, I have set up a subreddit where we can share ideas or ask each other questions. Um, so that is the subreddit is called Making It NBC. So if you're a Reddit user, feel free to go out there, subscribe, and um, join that conversation. So... Enough of me talking. Let's hear from Mimi. Tell me, Mimi, one or more of your favorite projects from last night. Well, my first favorite was the shadow box that Robert did. Mm -hmm. um, I really like antiques, and it just had a an essence of things in the past to me. The uh, yeah so silhouette that he did of himself, and mm -hmm. uh, 
which is very hard to do. At one time, I worked at a craft shop, and I taught a class called Sharon Snit, which was cutting paper in mm -hmm. uh, patterns. But we had a, a chart to go by, a design to copy. But I think one of the uh, judges even commented that on his silhouette, you could even see the hairs on his chin. And mm -hmm. so I was drawn to that right away. And then the whole idea of also he silhouetted his animals and with mm -hmm. the light, being able to see those, it's just something I hadn't seen before. Yeah. And I, I thought it was really exciting. It was. It was, in a way, it was really elegant, but then it was kind of playful, too, because it was, you know, a puppet theater, you know, so it could kind of appeal to a lot of different ranges. And I don't think I even noticed my first watch through that the, the puppet figures had moving parts. Um, did you notice that, that they were kind of hinged? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah. I noticed, you know, I think at one point they showed two or three of the different animals, but I didn't mm -hmm. notice that they were yeah. hinged. But, boy, that's really taking it a step Yeah, further. it was even more detail. So yeah. I, I know I've shared on Twitter with a lot of folks how much I liked um, the totem scrapbook that he did. Um, they looked like spools. I don't know if they were individual spools that were glued together, but it looked like spools making a totem pole for his scrapbook, and then he put the images on the wood, and I don't know exactly how he did that either. Um, I would love to find out. Um, I have seen some crafts where you can um, put a like a printed picture from, on a piece of paper, and then I forget what you wipe it with, but it sort of transfers the image to the wood. I tried it one time and wasn't terribly successful, so I may have to try again. But so it might have been something like that. I'm not sure, but it just looked really um, simple but striking, you know, and I like the way you could display it and probably even pick it up and turn it and look at it and not really mess it up. You know, it wasn't, didn't seem super delicate. Um, so I thought that was really neat. I think it really struck me that his projects really seem to have a a nice finish to them, like finished and as far as like completed, you know, like, um, does that make sense? It, it does to me because yeah. I was, I was struck by the time constraints that they had, and I thought, well, I might could produce a product, but if I was under a time constraint like <laughs> that, it just wouldn't be as perfect as I would want it to be. I know, and I thought about that too. I was like, do I work better under pressure or not? And and it, it, it's sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. I always remember when I took my art class in college that it really I learned a lot about myself because I learned that. It's a compliment, but mom, you're kind of a perfectionist. And my dad was the kind of person who liked to do things quickly. He liked to do them well, but he liked to do them quickly. So I found in my art class when we'd have our assignments for different projects, I would have this battle between wanting it to be perfect but wanting to do it quickly. So, um, so in some ways, I think a time constraint is good. Um, so that I don't linger maybe too long or change my mind too many times. But then there are those other times that I just want to explore and just see what comes to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think um, uh, Amy even made a point of that um, in one of their little uh, humorous sessions together. Yeah. 
that that you know the people would say, you know, we've got ten minutes left. And say, oh, that's plenty of time. No problem. And, that and, would and be I, hysterical. I know. I, I would just be pulling my hair out. You know, <laughs> I don't know where they got these folks or how they went about getting them, but they are really uh, something special. Each one yeah. of them. And uh, I'm with Amy. I, I think it was a shame anybody had to go home. But I know uh, that's that's a feature of the the program. And right, you know, right. I, I I like game shows and I like crafting, so it was the perfect program for yeah. me. I'm glad you suggested it. Yeah. Oh, I I felt I just really felt like you would enjoy it. And that these contestants are so fun and talented and interesting people. And, you know, like you said, they have such interesting stories that they may get voted off and have to go home, but I think fans are going to be engaged with them forever. You know, they're going to find them on Instagram or their website and be following their projects. So even though it's hard for us to see them leave on the show, at least we know they're still out there creating. Um, we also got a little bit of feedback from a couple of listeners um, on t- that are on our Twitter feed, um, Myla Couture, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, please let me know if that's not right. But she has an Etsy site with costumes. And definitely find her on Twitter at Myla Couture and go to her Etsy shop and look at her costumes because there are some that are inspired by different television shows. And I, for one, love cosplay. And I bet that this um, series is going to attract a lot of cosplayers and people who make props and things for cosplaying. But her work um, looks really cool. But she let us know that her favorite was Joe's um, heirloom quilt. And, and of course, Joe's was the master craft winner. It was kind of the heart shape that was segmented. Do you remember that one, Mimi? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so that was that was one of her favorites, and I, that was really appealing to how each part was so different, but it 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 just went to it looked really nice all together, but you could really zone in on each different segment, each different block or whatever, and uh, get a different little piece of the story, but it was still very you know cohesive. So we also heard from Sharon, um, one of our listeners who loves to work with yarn. And so I had to ask Sharon, does she crochet or does she knit? Well, I didn't expect this answer. Let me know if you've heard of this, Mom. She um, does both, and sometimes at the same time. I didn't know there's something called Tunisian crochet where you do knitting and crochet or at the same time. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. <laughs> that's another thing about the program. I'm used to the traditional crafts and the things yeah. that the people were doing was just blowing my mind, you know. I, yeah. I thought I knew a lot about crafts and what people were doing, but these people were just something else. And, and, I know. And they were so nice. I, I loved the way <laughs> that certain ones would help one another. Yeah. Early and everything. It's, they really are um, a family, and it's going to be mm-hmm. hard for when one of them has to go. Yeah, exactly. Not not just for us. You're right. So Sharon had another vote for Robert, and she liked um, his quilt. You know, in the last, pro- the Mastercraft, it was like a collection. It was a scrapbook and some type of quilt. 
and I talked about his scrapbook, which is the, the totem um, layout, and then she was talking about his quilt, and I don't know if you remember, but um, he had the different wood grains and different textures yeah. in the wood. Yeah, and so it wasn't yeah. painted, and I know one of the judges pointed that out, that there was no color, but then I think it was Nick that pointed out, well, he did have some color in a way because of the different wood grains going different directions, kind of made um, different shades. Um, so that one, um, it was, I thought it was very striking, but I didn't I also you say, what's that? Go ahead. I did also. You did. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was very striking. It wasn't, um, it didn't tell as much of a story to me and I'm not saying there's not a story to it, but like it didn't, like if I looked at Joe's or some of the other ones with some, that had some pictures and things, I felt like there was more of a. A story in it but it was a beautiful piece of art um so but sharon that's her favorite and i think her daughter uh, morgan as well i think they both like that one the best so definitely let us know each week what your favorites are and then tell us what you do for crafting because then we can talk about you on the podcast too and share share your work so um okay here's a question for you mom Working alone versus working together. Have you ever had the experience where you've worked on crafts with other people? Or have you always worked on projects by yourself? I usually work on projects by myself. I can't remember anything that I have done with somebody else. Um, I've watched other people do things, but um, usually I, I like to just do it myself and think about mm -hmm. it and I say go at my own pace with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, okay. going back to Robert's um, uh, quilt, yeah, it works. I was surprised, number one, about two, all the uh, projects that people were doing with wood. Uh, yeah. That's something I've always thought I'd like to do, but um, if you work with wood at all, you know that just assembling those different wood grains and so forth, um, you know, what a talent that is. And to me, it was almost like a piece of modern art because he had the different grains going in different ways. But yeah. he had the little half um, ball-shaped domes on yeah. it. Mm -hmm. That just kind of thought of made me think about, you know, people go down a path, but then there are little bumps in the road. And um, I, I was impressed by that also. And I also mm -hmm. liked um, uh, the Bosworth quilt that oh, yeah. Billy did. I think mm -hmm. that was a lot um, because he explained that he really was planning to pass it to his boys and yeah. that he, he was a, not only a good crafter but a good father. And yeah. you know, all the people just seemed so sweet. <laughs> they did, they did. From doing craft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His quilt seemed especially personal, yeah. And both of his crafts that he did that um, on the first episode – he had really personal stories to, to share. It was fun when he showed the picture of himself with the mullet and whatever, I guess the eighties or something. And he made the mullet pig, you know, so it was, it was very personal and that that's neat to see that side of them come out as well. And I liked his scrapbook too, with the numbers, uh, you know, I've seen yeah. that before. It's not, 
you know, something that I've never seen, but it, it just, it was a nice compliment to the, the Bosworth, you know, quilt and, um, the, you know, the tying it in with the football number. That was pretty cool. So, right. I, you know, I was thinking about these folks. We've talked to a couple of contestants that have really, they talk about how they maybe didn't work. I know Jeff brought this up when I spoke with him that he usually works alone and that he really found it fun and that now maybe he wants to sometimes work with other people in the same room. And you don't necessarily even have to be doing the, the same craft or building something together, but just kind of having that sort of that inspiration around you and just some, just having company, you know, I think, I mean, I guess you think back like quilting bees and things like that. Everybody's doing you know, their part, but it's just nice to have company. And sometimes you might want to talk and sometimes you might not. I know that when I did, um, I don't do as much scrapbooking anymore, but when I did, I would love to go to the crops and sit there with my friends. You'd get like four to a table and there would be like long periods of silence where everyone was working feverishly on their pages, but then we would stop maybe and have snacks and you know, talk about a movie and take a break, you know, because sometimes I think when you're crafting too, you need a breather because you get, can get really right. intense with it too. So I, I like that. Um, that's, that's one of the only times I've worked on something along with other people, you know, around, but I, I, I enjoyed that experience as well, but, but most of what I do has been alone. So um, it'd be interesting to explore some other opportunities or ways to, to craft alongside other people. But I had a, I had kind of a memory, and it's going to be more your memory than mine, <laughs> but I remember of it. So I asked you if you had ever worked on crafts, you know, in a group. And I don't right. know if you think this qualifies, but you were the room mom for a long time when I was in elementary yeah. school. And, and usually at that time, it seemed like it usually was mom. So we can say room parent, but I think our experience back then, it was mostly mom. But you guys put together favors, like at holidays. I remember one time you made, like, these little chimneys out of milk boxes with, um, I think, like, cotton balls around the edge, and, like, Santa filled it with treats or something. Um, So did you work on those little favors in a group, or did you each make some of them and send them in to school? Um. We usually work individually. We meet and decide what we were going to do and okay. all that we could look at. So everybody would sort of be working towards the same thing. But okay. um, being moms with kids in school, it was easier for us to, to work on them at home as we had the time. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Um, now, another question I had. I noticed as I was, and I saw some feedback about this as people were watching the show on social media. I kind of got to thinking, it seems harder for me to judge someone's crafts maybe than another skill. Like there's shows, you know, America's Got Talent, and you've got singers and dancers and all kinds of talents. Um, Or there's dancing shows and, you know, different talents and skills. And sometimes I think it's easier it's in my experience to, you know, sit and say, oh, well, that was better or just be real open about it. But somehow the craft seems so personal that I almost don't want to, maybe not necessarily don't want to be critical, 
of any of them, or I just find it hard to be because they're they are so personal. And even if it's not necessarily my taste, you know, it was well done and it was done from their heart. Does that make sense? It certainly does because I know when I did craft shows, um, you know, it was fun to make a little extra money, but. But to me, it was a, a recognition of my work and what I had done when somebody was willing to pay for something that mm-hmm. I had made. And I also enjoyed going around um, looking at the other booths and the things people were doing. And some of them were things I wanted to do, but others yeah. were things that I wouldn't do myself. But I was just, um, you know, so impressed with what they did, you know, and they... Mm-hmm the need for the people that were interested in what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to, because it's art, it's hard to judge. Like, I guess singing, you know, there are technical aspects of pitch and tone, and you can really measure some of those things. But it's like, how do you measure someone's art? You know, it's just, the the judges have a hard job because they have to do it. But that was probably the hardest part for me and I think some other folks, is, is, wa- is watching and hearing their critique. I mean, I think they were kind about it, but it was you kind of just wanted everybody to win. So it was, right. it was kind of weird, yeah. So I think Dick commented um, on that. You know, he told Amy, well, let's go. He said it's going to be a race, but he said it's going to be like a, a fish um, racing uh uh, automobile or oh uh, yeah, just rolling down the hill with apples or some, or some such. But um, yeah, so hard because, like you say, a lot of it, whether you mean to or not, might come from what you like and how you mm-hmm. would have done. Right, right. So how do you how have you learned about crafts over the years? I, I'm okay. I'm gonna, actually I'm going to back up. I'm, I'm going to talk about one of the first crafts I learned. Uh, one of the first things I remember was um, making a little sort of envelope purse with you, and it had like a buttonhole and one button, and then we just, you know, we had the fabric and we folded it, you know, like an envelope and stitched the sides, and then I think you added the button, and it was like the first sewing project, and I probably, I think I was four or younger. I was, I was, I was pretty young. Um, but I have a real vivid memory of it. Do you do you have a memory of the first time you learned a craft skill? Well, one of my earliest memories was as a young girl. I think I was about six or seven. A neighbor uh, invited my sister and I to um, go to their vacation Bible school at their church. Mm-hmm. And in... Uh, in those Bible school sessions, they were divided into uh, different activities, and one of the activities was crafts. And I mm-hmm. messed around with things at home, you know, with paper and boxes, doing different things. But um, that particular week, we got to make a basket, and uh, mm. they had the components there. It was a wooden bottom, and then you had little wreaths uh, that came up through holes, and we weaved in and out of those, and I just thought that was wonderful, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked forward to that each day, you know. And then yeah. you buy with cookies and Kool-Aid and playing with other kids. <laughs> <Have it>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very cool. Yep, 
that sounds really neat. And you know, um, your son-in-law makes baskets, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> not not my yeah. husband, everyone, but uh, my sister's <laughs> husband is uh, is very crafty and talented with making things with his hands. He's done woodworking. Um, he's he's done some sewing. He makes baskets. Um, I don't know if you can think of any other things. Mom, but uh, yeah, when you started talking about baskets, I, I thought about him. Um, exactly, yeah, it's really cool. So he's always yeah. learning, learning new things, which we can we can all learn new things. And that was that was kind of something I was figuring out, trying to think about too. Is like you taught me things growing up, or if I took classes, I learned things. Um, yeah, they're advertising that blueprint, myblueprint.com, I think on the show, where you can sign up for like online classes, but. I know you like to watch videos and things. Do you ever watch videos of how to do things, like online? Or yeah, I love to watch other people doing things. And yeah. Even if it's not something that I do, I'd like knowing how. Yeah. Someone could do that if they wanted sure. to, and mm-hmm. it even spills over into to programs like this old house, you know, because I don't. Mm-hmm. Anticipate laying bricks or uh, doing plumbing, but I like to know how something is made and how it's done. I think that's because, you know, Granddaddy was a mechanic, and I used to right. be inside with him, watching him do things. And mm-hmm. um, he and his sisters and so forth were all growing up during the Depression, and if they wanted something, they kind of had to make it or know how to repair right. it. And yeah. uh, my Aunt Mary just knew how to do flower arrangements and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I never have been good at that, but um, she could do anything. She could rewire a lamp, and she always used things she had around her home, which um, was good for me because, as you know, I was a stay-at-home mom, and money mm-hmm. wasn't overflowing, so it was nice yeah. to do with what I had. Right, right. Yeah, you you've always been very creative about making something and upcycling things and reupholstering and and you had to you had to know those skills, you know, how to use your hands to do those. So, uh, a lot of different things come to mind there. Well, this was a lot of fun talking to you about the show and we encourage other folks to um chime in on Twitter. You can always send me an email. Um, Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, at so many shows.com. Um, send us some feedback, a topic you might like us to discuss on the show, or just your thoughts on an episode or a particular craft. Um, we definitely want to hear from you and enjoy this together. I think that was one of the coolest things about watching last night, and um, I was live tweeting with the episode on, on Twitter and just seeing people talking about how they felt like they just made a whole bunch of new friends because we were all, even though we weren't in the same room together, we were all um, on social media talking about the same show and how much fun it was. And before we let you go this evening, we have an interview with Nicole Sweeney. She did one of the B. We had two Bs last night. That was that was fun when they did um, the animals, and she made a B. And just a little teaser, she's going to talk in our interview a little bit about the the, the tools and the, the mediums that she used to make it. And I did not realize that she had actually dipped 
some of the pieces in beeswax, which I thought was really cool to sort of make it all come together full circle, you know. And um, she has a, a lot of fun things to share about the show and um, how they acquire their materials and how much time they have to do different things. So it was really fun talking to her and, and getting her insight. So stay tuned for that. And we'll be back next week for more Making It Our Own. Thanks for joining me, Mom. Thanks for letting me be there. We have a special opportunity this evening to speak with one of the fabulous contestants on Making It on NBC, Nicole Sweeney. Welcome, Nicole. Hi. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. We are so excited. There was such an amazing response to the show last night, the first episode. So we totally want to pick your brain. Hope that's okay. <laughs> but we were first yeah. want to con- congratulate you on, on being chosen to be a part of this amazing group. I mean, how does that feel? Thank you. I am so grateful. Um, it was really an experience of a lifetime, and I I literally just have nothing but gratitude um, for this experience. It's uh, it was truly transformational um, and so much fun, so, so much fun. Awesome. What was your um, – I know you got a little bit of a preview. You guys had, a, like, an Etsy party, I think, in New York. What were your um, plans last night watching it? Like, did you were, did you see stuff on Twitter or social media and how excited people were? Yeah, so when we were in New York, um, most of the cast was there, and we just saw the first half of the first episode, so we didn't even okay. really see the whole thing. Um, okay. So, so some of last night was new to me as well, um, and it oh. was it was thrilling. I you know I I threw myself a little party, and I basically just invited my favorite people to kind of just be in the same room as me and share the experience. Um, yeah. You know it was it was such an incredible experience being on set and having you know, being able to make things and do what I love, um, yeah. you know, and picking Amy and have this experience. And I just, all I want to do now is to share how incredible it was. So awesome. That was a great way to do it. So, yeah, I watched it, I watched it with a bunch of friends. Okay, great. Well, I know a lot of folks have maybe some questions about some of the logistics. Um, I, I recall that the Faster Craft, you had three hours. I'm not sure if we heard how long you actually had for the master craft. Is that something you can tell us? Yeah, I can. It was, um, I believe, it, so it was initially supposed to be 13 hours. Okay. Um, but for the first for the first episode, they actually kind of threw a curveball at us partway through and cut it down to 12. Okay. Um, so I think, I think we were at like, I don't even remember, I think it was like hour eight or something when we were actually filming, and they're like, all right, makers, like, we've got a, you know, a little surprise for you. And that's never a good thing when you're in competition and yeah. you're on the clock. Um, so we were, all, we were all nervous. Actually, one one episode, they actually gave us an extra hour, I think. I can't really actually okay. remember. But one of these, yeah. But yesterday, they took an hour away. Um, and wow. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was a little curveball. But, you know, makes makes a little more exciting. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, what about the the supplies? It looks like you guys are, are there. Is everything stored in the barn, or is there another storage area where you can um, ask for something special? So like, what if you want to use something that maybe is not right there? They had. I mean, they just stocked the set so well. They also, okay. you know, 
they knew us they knew us all going into the show and filming and kind of knew our backgrounds and so okay. they picked our brains, you know, before the show started about just kind of the different materials we like to work with and the things that we would potentially want to use. Um and they really tried to make it um as cohesive and as many things available as possible, which also just makes for a more interesting show because then there's so many things to choose from and yeah. everyone's making different materials, you know, it's not kind of like a basket of the same ingredients sort of thing. Right. Um, and most of the things were stored in the barn, you know, we each, some of us brought our own individual stuff from home too, you know, like we were allowed to okay. bring a lot of really special tools that we used or if there was like a very sure. specific paper that we like or something like that, so... Um, okay. We, you know, we also had like our box of tools, and then there was um, a ton of extra stuff for us to play with. It just seems like being a kid in a candy store to me. I I love the sound of that. <laughs> Literally was. I mean, for <laughs> anyone that likes to make anything, it was it was seriously an absolute dream. I mean, I felt like I was on this magical playground where yeah, I just got to do what, I just got to do what I love. And mm-hmm. then there's Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman, and you're just like, what is <laughs> happening? This is insane. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it just sounds amazing. And it looked amazing on screen, um, what you guys were getting to do. Well, let's talk a little bit about the projects we saw from you um, last night. The um, the bee that you made, it, it ended up looking so refined and, and delicate, like in a good way, like like very realistic. But I also think I heard yeah. you saying you were using some plaster. Like, So how sturdy were the materials that you were using versus the look that you achieved? Yeah, so the structure, the wooden structure, um, was was pretty sturdy, and mm-hmm. that was meant to represent, meant to represent the honeycomb, right? Um, and the the petals that kind of fall through it were made out of rice paper and dipped in plaster, and also dipped in beeswax. Um, oh, which I wow. thought was really fun. I was like, I love. Yeah, yeah. These are definitely. I feel like you know my. Um, spirit animal in a lot of ways and I definitely like identify and kind of feel very connected to these. I think they're really incredible creatures and so it was mm-hmm. it was a really special piece for me to make. Um and yeah, you know, adding I wanted to kind of show the juxtaposition between like these are these incredible creatures. They're insanely like I feel there's two different sides of them, right? They're these like really okay. hard working creatures that create this absolutely perfect geometry in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a honeycomb, but then there's this also very fluid side to them, where it's they, you know, it's they, the way that they're able to create this beautiful structure comes from something very organic, like these flowers that are just um, very whimsical and light, right? And so it's this structure yeah. that's very whimsical and very structured and hardworking, and I feel like I identify with both of those within myself. Yeah. So it's kind of like different sides of my personality. Um, and so that's really what that piece was meant to meant to convey. Um, okay, and it, it was fun to build, and it it um it was it was definitely the most abstract out of all of them. Um, okay. Mhm. But I think I think that's also just a nod to who I am. Yeah, sure. I I think it's very very effective, very very beautiful and strong too. Like you said, those those two sides Thank of it. You. So what about um your quilt with the with the patterns and the the woodworking was I was curious if there was um did you stain some of the wood or any paint or were those just different colored woods um no so it's the same wood it's all redwood and okay. I basically treated all of them differently so there's three different colors on the quilt there was the white yes. which was a that was 
painted with white paint and, and sanded, okay. so it kind of has that whitewash effect. The mm-hmm. darker wood was stained with an ebony stain, and then the tan wood was just um, sanded and left with its original color. Okay. Um, and I just really love the combination of those three colors. I think it creates a really nice high contrast, and you can make really beautiful colors. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, that's a really good scoop, because I was wondering how you achieved the colors. Um, so that's awesome. So you, you, it seems like from the first episode what we've seen, um, it seems like you know all the tools. And, and that might be an over-exaggeration, but you seem really comfortable with with tools. I mean, do you have a really um, broad range of tools that you use? Yeah, I mean, I went to school for architecture where I um, we had a okay. workshop where I learned a lot of woodworking um, mm-hmm. skills and also welding. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm very comfortable. I'm very comfortable with tools. I feel like you know, you put me behind a saw, I'm like in my comfort zone, and that's exactly where I'm supposed to be. You put me in front of a sewing machine, and I have no idea what to do. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. <laughs> so, and I think that's really, and I think that's really the beauty of the show too. It's like you know, we were all so different, right? Like we're all such different artists and crafters, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it makes for a really interesting show because you get to watch people working in so many different mediums. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, what was it like working? with so many other, I mean, not a ton of people, but with other designers in the room, are you, do you normally work alone um, or do you work on some projects collaboratively, but just, just having them in the same area, what, what did that feel like? Is that good for you or something new? Yeah. It, you know, it, I don't really know if it had a huge positive or negative uh, effect on me. I think it was, okay. The, the other speakers and I really became close friends throughout the course of the show, and I know it's like sure. really counterintuitive to be like super close friends with your competitors, but mm-hmm. in so many ways it didn't even feel, it didn't really feel like a competition because it was such a happy, beautiful, nurturing environment. Um, mm-hmm. And also we're all such, we're all such different artists that it's like I you can't even really compare a lot of the things that we're making. Okay. Uh, but you know, I think we were all we were all so focused and just hyper aware of time and just getting our own things done that you almost like kind of don't even like everybody else is kind of falls to the background, right? You're just focused. Okay. Yeah, sure. Like in your zone kind of. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now it was, uh, I personally, I think a lot of folks would agree it was pretty hysterical when um, Amy was making the jokes last night about how you didn't react to the balloon is that a is that a joke yeah. that they made at the time, or was that a surprise to you in editing when they threw that in there? That was a total surprise. <laughs> was um, so that was definitely a surprise. I very I mean just like so I like honestly don't I I mean I guess they made that joke for a good reason because I literally don't remember a balloon popping. Um, yeah, yeah. Apparently a balloon popped and I didn't notice. <laughs> I guess that just goes to show you how like in the zone we all are. You know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay. I just yeah. I thought it was so funny and such a good joke about how positive the environment seems to be on the show. It, it's not filled with drama, you know, and they they just had to do something silly to just, you know, pretend that, that you know, there was drama. Obviously, it was just a good, fun joke, but um, it was it was just a really nice contrast to what you sometimes see, you know, on unscripted television um, and what the yeah. motive is. And the motive here just seems so positive. So. It's honestly so refreshing to, I mean, not only, like, have this show that is just so uplifting 
and trying to bring people together and just something different, right, than what normal yeah. usually is. But then that I get to actually be a part of that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it literally is just like it's so incredible. I just I literally am just beyond grateful for for this show and the people that made it and the ideas behind it. You know, it's like they really yeah. just want to celebrate making things like people that make mm-hmm. things with their hands and they want to inspire other people to do the same and they want it to be really lighthearted and it's not meant to put anybody down or judge anybody or you know this yeah is good and this is bad it's, it's just a it's it's so positive and I just feel like there's there's not enough of that you know it's very very refreshing well what is um maybe that would be on your list but I'm, I was going to ask you is there something that you gained from the experience that, that surprised you that maybe you didn't expect going into it, something you came out with that you you didn't really expect? Absolutely. Um, I really, in so many ways, I mean, I think going into it, I was really excited and knew it was going to be a beautiful experience. And, you know, it would, if nothing else, kind of um, give me more exposure as an artist and also mm-hmm. like, challenge me in my skill set. Um, sure. But what I wasn't expecting was how transformed I actually came out of, like, as a person. Um, and when okay. I say that, I mean, like, you know, they they had eight of us on the show, and it's like they, they all they chose us for specific reasons, and they mm-hmm. chose us, and they pushed us to tell our stories. They wanted to get to know us. They want America to get to know us. And in order for yeah. America to get to know us, I need to get to know me, right? It's like, yeah. like I was... They, it really made me kind of ask myself questions that I had never really asked myself about who I am as an artist and what it is that I care about and why I make the things that I make and why do I do what I why I do what I do and um, Amy Poehler there was a really pivotal moment for me Amy Poehler on the show came up to mm-hmm. me at one point and and told me she's like you know Nicole there's going to be like thousands of little girls across America that are going to oh. be like I want to be Nicole yeah and I it really made me cry because mm-hmm. that's, that's a really big statement. And I, I felt that was really powerful and that really resonated with me. And it, I really felt the responsibility to do something with that. And so wow. I think really coming out of it, what it gave me, it gave me a really, a, like a huge boost of confidence in believing in myself and not needing to be the best and knowing that I'm not the best woodworker and I'm not the best artist, but that I still have a story that deserves to be told. And I think what mm-hmm. it makes me realize is everybody, everybody does, right? Everybody sure. has a story um, and, and they deserve to be told, right? And so it's like, if you're passionate about something, you don't need to be the best at anything, but you, you know, you deserve to share what you love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this show is encouraging people to do. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think as I hear you talk about it, it really does, the show really does emphasize how crafting and, and designing and making things is part of, of storytelling in general. You know, it's not necessarily written pages in a book, but these items and the way you make them and the why you use certain tools is, is telling a story about you. It's fantastic. So we're going to be rooting exactly. for you all the way, but we know it's only so competition. So we, we love seeing you on the show, but we know it's going to come to an end eventually. It's only six weeks. Where can people find you outside of making it? So I am ba- I'm a San Francisco based artist. Um mm-hmm. you can find me on the streets of San Francisco. But I um, mm-hmm. my my work currently most of my work um exists in my online store on my website, which is um Nicole N I C O L E dash Sweeney dot com. Okay. Um, and Sweeney's 
W-E-N-E-Y. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in San Francisco. I'm making work, and that's what I'm doing. I'm also trying to start, or I'm in the process of starting a um, a movement that's called Sawdust is Sexy, and it's basically oh. the idea that I was just talking about, which is mm-hmm. women, it's, an, it's to empower women and tell their stories, and it's basically um, – I believe that women are sexiest when they're doing what they're passionate about. And for me, yeah. I'm covered in sawdust. So, like, uh-huh. sawdust my sexy. Um, I love it. I'm in the process of ramping that up, so stay tuned for that as well. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, because people, they're not going to forget about you after these six weeks. They're going to want to be watching what you do and, and learning more from you. So um, we're excited to hear so. where we can find you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we do. We wish you the best. We're going to be cheering you on. So, thank take you care. So much. Appreciate it. Bye. 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 Thank you again for tuning in for the Making It Our Own podcast. Until next week, stay crafty.